On this episode of Resi Week, Savant has a new Breaker Companion module, Cedia's got a new Leadership and Award event, and Making Hay from Control Force price increases. All this and more on this episode of Resi Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is Resiweek, episode 174, Collateral Damage. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Daylight, the leading producer of high-quality projection screens worldwide. And by Crestron. Welcome to Resi Week. This is your weekly wrap-up of the latest news and stories for the residential AV industry. I'm your host, Matt D. Scott for avnation.tv. And today I'm pleased to be joined by the one and only Mitchell Klein. He's the executive director of the Z-Wave Alliance. How are you, sir? Doing awesome. Hey, great to be back, Matt. Love to be here with you guys. Thank you so much for joining us. And we have Tim Albright. He is the founder of AV Nation, uh, filling in for a cancellation today. So he's helping out. How are you doing, Timmy? I am doing fine, sir. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Let's uh, kick this show off right uh, at the top with a really interesting story that comes to us from a residential tech today and Jeremy Glowacki, a home builder, is offering Savant's HomeKit compatible breaker companion modules. <laughs> if you do not understand what that mouthful is, <clears throat> essentially Savant has uh, debuted breaker companion modules and and what they are are they are modules that fit into a standard electrical panel including uh panels like the square d panels that this uh, new home builder is using and allows those modules to be tied to individual electrical loads throughout the house and, and throughout the panel what that means for homeowners is that they have an opportunity to not only monitor uh their energy usage but also in the uh aspect of lighting uh, breakers, be able to control some of those uh, that breaker information directly from the Savant apps. Uh, Mitch, I want to start with you on this one. Lighting control has always been one of those retrofit situations. It's always been something where you're changing switches, you're rewiring the basement, you're, you're you know, stripping the house out uh, to get true lighting control in, or you're swapping bulbs to smart bulbs. Both of them pose challenges. Both of them have, uh, to a degree, some sort of limitation in there. When you start looking at smart breakers, which are really just starting to to peak, is this something that is going to, I don't want to say revolutionize lighting control, but essentially that. Is this going to make energy management and uh, lighting control really something that is easily retrofitable into any house. Okay, listen, the first part of it, oh my God, no. You're gonna <laughs> control your lights by turning your breakers on and off? I mean, that's a really clever way of not controlling your lights, let me just say. Okay, uh, I can see a lot of benefits to being able to access your breaker, but for the consumer, um, let me think of one. Can't really, uh, unless the consumer wants to do his own uh, electrical work in the house. To me, the smart breaker makes more sense in terms of monitoring. You already mentioned that. Okay, that's fine, but you don't need to do that in the breaker, but okay, uh, that could be a good use case. Or to prevent truck rolls. Uh, so if you wanna be able to remotely reset something, 
Uh, again, not the best way to do it, but it certainly is an option. But to control your lights by turning on and off your breakers, please say that that's not going to happen. Okay, it's not going to happen. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Tim, what really totally surprised happen, by the way. It, It's totally going to happen. Um, Tim, what really surprised me about not only this, this solution, um, but kind of this, this drive by Savant is their commitment to HomeKit. Mm-hmm. No one else has really got on board with HomeKit to this level. And, and Mitch, I'm sure you'll chime in on this at some point. Yep. But yeah, I couldn't give you the easy probably, one. Probably, yeah. <laughs> yeah just, just Mitch. Um, but Savant's had a good tie-in with Apple for a long time. Notwithstanding that, this is really surprising me that they brought this entire uh, Breaker Companion module for HomeKit, that they're doing a lot of their lighting for health and wellness, their EvoTech, everything else. Everything is kind of based around HomeKit. No one else is doing that. What, what drove Savant, who has been, let's be honest, they've, they've kind of been the dark horse the last two, two or so years with really innovative products, yet they're still tied into HomeKit. What causes that? What, where's, where's the benefit there? Well, first of all, the, the benefit is the fact that you've got a large ecosystem of products and you have Apple. Uh, it doesn't hurt to tie yourself to Apple. But it's also a differentiator. And whether it's a good differentiator or not, I, I, you know, I'm not inside Savant, so I can't say you're looking at their numbers. But it seems to be a good one, a, a good fit for them. You look at the other players in the control field and especially in the, in the residential market. You know, you've got, you have Control 4, you have, you have Crestron, um, you've got Savant, um, you've got um, the um, uh, number of other ones. It separates them from the folks that are like, you know, we're going to do it ourselves and we'll tie into other people being you know, Control 4 and, and, and Crestron. This puts Savant on the same wavelength, I guess, I guess, as other sort of DIYers or do-it-yourselfers, which is Mitch's person that gave me that phrase a number of years ago. Um, you've got, uh, it gives them a, a differentiator from, you know, making, making them go down a specific road of you have to go with Crestron, you have to go with Control 4, you have to go with RTI. Um, it gives them a tie-in and it ties them to Apple, which is never a bad thing when it comes to, you know, consumers. All right, Mitch, yeah. I, I can see you kind of chomping at the bit. <laughs> Hold on. I'm just, I'm just curious as to the comment about a significant ecosystem with HomeKit. I mean, I, it, it just appears as though Apple is kind of yawning about that, going, yeah, we got HomeKit. So yeah, far. we got it. Okay. So far. Uh, so far. You know, will they really go anywhere with it? I don't know. But uh, I'm really glad that someone's paying attention to doing something with the breakers. Uh, I happen to know there are some other companies doing some interesting things in terms of connecting circuit breakers to, let's say, the environment, if you will, or the electrical grid, if, if you will. Uh, HomeKit, I don't quite get it, but I think Savant has always been in that camp with Apple, and it makes a whole lot of sense for them and for the dealers. But for a consumer, I, I still struggle with why I'd want to have access to my circuit breaker from my HomeKit app. <laughs> Very good. All right, gentlemen, let's leave that one there before we really go down the rabbit hole from CE Pro and Jason Knott 
why Cedia created its new leadership and awards event. If you were unaware, haven't been paying attention, uh, Cedia has announced and launched a leadership conference and awards celebration July 24th and 25th in Chicago. This is going to be held at the Drake in Chicago and is, you know, essentially moving the award celebration from uh, the first night, I believe, of uh, CD Expo every year and, and making it its standalone event and kind of rolling what was, uh, and I'm going to blank on the name and everyone will send me hate mail on this, um, uh, the, the leadership conference that they held in the spring. And rolling business both exchange. Thank you, sir. There we go. All I was thinking of is this a good time to mention that you're on the board and you're nope, not yet. <laughs> I was, I was going to come back to that in a moment. Thank you. We'll, we'll roll you with the as the press for the moment. It was leaving when I was uh, coming on, so you know, notwithstanding, uh, they're rolling the uh, business exchange into this event and, and making it a one stop deal. Uh, when you check out the story, there's a great uh, little video clip with Giles there, the uh, engagement man over at Cedia. Tim, I wanted to come to you on this one. There are a number of leadership events in, in both the residential and the, the commercial space. A lot of them are somewhat tied to brands and, and products and manufacturers. There's only a handful of leadership events, top tier events that are that are true leadership events. Um, I think of the NSCA. I think of the um, Business Exchange. What is the the push and the drive that makes integrators want to go to high level leadership type events? The ones that I've been to, and I've never been to a Business Exchange. Um, I have been to AVEC and I've been to NSCA's BLC. Both of those events, business leaders, their guard is down. And what, by, what I mean by that is the folks are, it's something about the environment. It's something about the event itself. But folks are, are tend to be more sharing, I, I guess is the best way to put this. Um, when you're in the trenches and you're, you're doing, um, doing you know, business on a day-to-day basis, you know, Mitch might be my competitor across the, the street in, in St. Louis. But when we're at this event, He's going to share things that, you know, pain points or solutions, and I'm going to share them, right? This is an open exchange. This is where folks can come together and they can uh, share their, their best practices, um, share solutions to problems that we all have. And in the, in the format that, that all of these folks put together, it, it's, it's a really, really interesting open environment where there's no, there's no threatening here, right? There, there's, I'm not going to steal his, his, his trade secrets because you know what, this is, this is a business decision or these, these are business, this is business advice. And I think that's the thing that makes these really, really unique is, you know, you can go there and you can learn more in two or three days than you could probably learn on your own in a year or two years of making your own mistakes. Very good. Mitch, one of the big, uh, shall I say, uh, newsworthy sides of this is, is that they're pulling awards out of Expo uh, and, and putting it as its own standalone event. Uh, awards kind of seem to be up and down depending who you talk to. Some people are are huge fans of, uh, you know, manufacturer awards or, or industry awards. Some people can can take it or leave it. 
what is what is the big attraction to you know going through the process, the the work involved in submitting for an award, hopefully winning the award, and then what a, what do integrators do with it? How how can they leverage that uh, in their day to day business, or is it really just hey, here's a feather for my cap? Wow, uh, I can go a lot of places with that whole with the whole article, but I'll go with your question. Um, but I would like to touch on the business exchange leadership yeah, thing too. Of course. In terms of awards, first of all, they're phenomenal. Um, it's a credibility thing. And as an integrator, you take great pride in your work. You put a lot of effort into your work, into your business, into your staff, into your projects. And to win an award is huge. And there's no downplaying that. And if anyone has never submitted or won an award, you just don't get it. It's actually really a fabulous thing for a company to get it. And it's not just good in terms of credibility outside. It's a great way of your staff going, see, I worked hard and I got some recognition. I mean, recognition is huge. You know, you can look through any leadership studies and they will tell you on the hierarchy of needs, acknowledgement and leader is really, really important. And this is a way for the industry to acknowledge you as, as a really good firm that does really good work. So I think that's really important. In terms of the actual awards uh, ceremony itself, uh, let me first uh, give kudos to those that made a decision to try something new. Uh, I will always support trying something new. Um, I'm not so sure I would have done that particular decision on my own, but that's not up for me to necessarily question. What I do worry about is that you've now taken the CEDIA property, a CEDIA property, the, the awards, which is a big CEDIA thing, you've taken it away from the CEDIA show. And now you've left it open for someone else to come in and do it at the CDA show. To me, I'm concerned about that. Not all the other stuff that you may have heard about. Oh, my God, who wants to do a thing in July? And all that stuff, that's not the issue for me. The big question is now what? Because the, there's a vacuum at CDA Expo. And now is there potential for someone else to be named later? I won't mention names. To come in run awards that are perhaps a little easier to to uh, submit for because the CD awards keep getting more and more difficult every year. And that's probably another good conversation starter right there. Make it a little easier for companies to apply for it and actually win awards at CDA and then ultimately really downplay the CD awards because these would be the CDA Expo awards versus the C. Anyway, you kind of see where I'm going with that. I'm a little worried about that, to be honest with you. Uh, the second piece, if I can keep going on the, on the, on the leadership thing. I'll go for it. Um, and again, not, not throwing stones. I just, you know, listen, I started them when I was president of Cedia. I kicked it off. I did the very first, uh, you know, management conference for Cedia. And I felt that, well, based on my experience with other uh, business owners, that that was the area they were lacking. They had the technical skills that was great, but running and growing a business wasn't one of their key uh, strengths. And I still think we have to kind of beat the bushes and drag people to come to these things. So, you know, as I always say, if people don't want to come, then maybe you're doing something wrong. I guess we'll see by tying these to the awards if it, if it works, but dealers don't seem to want this. And the competitive environment has changed significantly enough that now as a member of a buying group, and last count there were, what, 23 or 24 buying groups, um, every one of these buying groups is doing that. 
and providing you with business leadership, which is great. And why the hell don't dealers do these, go to these things? Well, I think as a member of a buying group, you are. So uh, there you have it. I'm not so sure the industry needs to put them on. The buying groups are doing it. So, so, so let me ask you this. If the buying groups are doing it and, and going down that train of thought, are they, do the dealers have, do integrators have the opportunity to skip those events? I.e., is, is it that the content is different or is it that they're going to that buying group conference? Because I've been to some of those buying group conferences. I, I've sat in some of those meetings and I, it's really hard to gauge engagement on those things. And, and are people sitting through the, the business training aspect of that event because they want to be there? Or is it just it's part of the entire event that they're going to anyways? Well, lesson number one is they are there. They aren't going to the business exchange or, and again, I totally love the folks that put on the business exchange and still can't understand why dealers wouldn't go. But you're already going to the buying group thing. Now, could you skip it? You could, but depending on which side you're on, that event is, you've already paid to go to that event by being a member of the, that organization. So there's no separate fee, if you will. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's included in, in your annual dues, if, if that's what you want to call them. So people go. Did they learn from it? I don't know. Did they learn from the business exchange? I don't know. But you kind of have to go. So Tim, let me ask you this. As somebody who's kind of been to a, a wide variety of things down this line, is this the, is it, is it the top five, top 10%, if even that, of integrators that are actively searching for true, you know, business leadership skills opposed to just generic, ooh, how do I start running my RMR program? There are two reasons to go to a business uh, leadership exchange. And, and I think what it is, is you have folks who genuinely want to learn from each other. But in, in larger organizations, you also have folks bringing their middle managers and, and folks, you know, down further down the, the line that they're trying to bring up, that they're trying to train, that they're trying to network together and have them learn from somebody other than other than, than themselves. You know, um, yes, they want them to learn their processes and, and their thinking, but it also doesn't hurt to expose, you know, your employees to, you know, new ideas, different points of view. So I think what's happening is, is you got, you have folks who, like Mitch said, they have a great selection. Some of these dealers are members of two, three, four different buying groups, depending on the product line and depending on the, on the region. So they have a good selection. Um, there's certainly, you know, a, a case to be made to going to, you know, the CD version as well. The question is timing. The question is time off because this is not a vacation and yet it's time away from the office. So you, you have to, you have to also figure in, you know, the lost opportunity cost, which, you know, which is a fancy term, but it just means that you, you, you're not in the office, you're not doing business. Yes, you can answer emails and, and this, that, and the other, but then you're not paying attention and getting the content. So, you, you know, the, the, the trade-off here is, yes, you can be away and still do work, but then you're not really focusing and, and getting the whole point uh, of the conference. 
Very good. All right, gentlemen, let's move on to our last story of the day. This comes to us from Residential Systems, making hay from Control 4's price increase. This is from my good friend, Henry Clifford. Uh, if you are a Control 4 dealer, you probably saw this email that went out last Thursday from Control 4 CEO Martin uh, announcing a U.S. tariff, uh, or not announcing a U.S. tariff, but um, announcing a global price increase based on the uh, announced U.S. tariffs on imported Chinese goods. Uh, he described the change as a 150% increase over the previously announced 10% tariff rate that was implemented earlier this year. As you read through the article, uh, Henry gives some really good oversight. But what I love about this article is halfway down, he gets into really the specifics of what they will be doing at Livewire to address this email in terms of how their design engineer is going to immediately uh, start auditing, auditing jobs that are already in process, as well as changing the cost of goods sold and the MSRPs. Uh, their purchasing coordinator is going to stock additional product before this increase comes in play to allow them to maximize on that margin. And they're going to canvas their customers to start explaining to them about this price increase and uh, help them hopefully make a good decision to not be hindered by it. Mitchell, I want to come back to you on this one. We, throughout the industry, we all kind of know that these tariffs are coming or have started to roll out. How do we as integrators, manufacturers, how do we as an industry who is, albeit a fairly small part of this massive tariff conversation, how do we manage to deal with this coming and, and making sure that our consumers know what's going on? Yeah, we, we are collateral damage, so to speak. You know, what, whatever your political beliefs are, it looks like tariffs are going to be coming at us from every which way. And I know manufacturers can only absorb just so much. And I know a lot of the companies are looking at moving their manufacturing elsewhere. But there are some things you can do as a dealer. And uh, number one is you got to be careful about just buying up inventory because that can kill your cash flow. So generally, I think what Henry's talking about makes sense. I would get in touch with those customers that you've already contracted with. Let them know about the price increase and see if they'd like to procure the products now and have them basically finance the inventory for you. Uh, that may not work for everyone because if it's not in your contract, that price increases will be passed through. You know, some customers will go, gee, that's too bad, suck it up. But some customers might just say, yeah, that really kind of sucks and you know, we'll be happy to give you a little more advanced payment. And then you can then warehouse at their financing, you know, the, the price increases. But the reality is you're going to get hit with some. So you need to <clears throat> go to one of those uh, industry uh, business exchanges or leadership conferences and help to understand finance a little bit better to see what's happening uh, with your cash flow and with your profit and loss and see those areas where you could perhaps burden yourself with some of the cost increases and perhaps pass price increases on, but buy products at the lower price to offset those things that you couldn't, if that kind of makes sense, if you hear what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. uh, so those are the things that you can really do. And of course, Henry's absolutely right. Change your costs immediately and start tracking it that way. So those are the couple of couple of pointers I would throw out there. And then go out and vote at some point. 
that that's what you call a callback kid. So when you know, were referencing a previous very well. Yeah, right. Okay, go vote. Thanks, Tim. Are you, are you back in school today? Am I back in school? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Tim, reading through this article, um, as as Mitch pointed out, and obviously as, as Henry wrote, there are some really good things in there. Is there anything that that Henry missed, or is this something that, like, is there a marketing aspect of this that dealers and integrators need to be careful of? Because it's it's not just going to be likely Control Four; it's going to be going to be all of them. Pretty much everybody. Yeah. Some, some. I know I've talked with a couple manufacturers who are going to eat it for the first little bit, and then they're going to roll it out to to hopefully give their their dealers more time. Uh, you're going to see that in all your networking gear and all your connectors, and well, you're going to feel nickel and dimed over the next uh, next year or so. Oh yeah, it's going to be brutal. What I find interesting is is that it's just now coming out from Control Four, right? And I don't mean that as a site to Control Four or to the residential side. But we've been covering this from the commercial side for well over a year. Um, and when the first round happened, there were a number of, of commercial, primarily commercial exclusive manufacturers who increased their rates because you know their, their rates were increasing. And then we had the second round, which some more, it, 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 to, you know, to Matt's point, there were some manufacturers who were eating the first, the first bit of it. Uh, now they can't absorb those costs and they are passing those on. Uh, there's two things though that to to for this first there's a number of manufacturers who uh, were able to get around this because the majority of their manufacturing was done in, in mexico if you paid attention to, to the news in, in the last week or so those manufacturers are starting to get are going to be hit here in in the not too distant future if if the administration follows through on a on a more recent announcement that means that, that pretty much any AV you buy uh, in, in this space uh, from top to bottom will have some sort of increase. But the, the marketing side is, is important because regardless of how you look at the, the percentages in, in the last election, somewhere around 50% of the U.S. did vote for this administration. So how you couch that <laughs> is important. You, know, you don't want to alienate you know, a full half of your, of your clients. Something interesting that, that came out from the commercial side, and I'm going to steal it from our buddy, Jeremy Caldera, who stole it from his, his manufacturer. It was a, a LED manufacturer. Uh, and, and, and Jeremy does, deals um, in um, you know commercial side. He has a Fortune 100 company, and um, they were putting a large LED display. And the LED manufacturer sent Jeremy the, the, the quote. And it was all the things you would expect, this, that, and the other. And at the very bottom, there was an extra line and it said tariff charge. There was no political statement with that. It simply was letting him know that because of the tariffs in place, this is the amount he was paying more. Mm -hmm. So he took it and he did the exact same thing to his commercial client. Again, not a political statement in any way, shape or form, but understand my costs are increasing. So your costs are going to increase. And Yes, Mitch, to Mitch's point, you know, there are some contracts in place that if your costs increase, you just got to eat it. But in, in the proposal process here, where, you know, in, in residential, there's a lot of times there's back and forth and, oh, I don't want to know if I want to do it and this, that, and the other, just like there is in commercial. Mm -hmm. So, you know, a lot of dealers have in place that this quote is good for 30 days. When that, those 30 days have passed or they start changing things around, you have the opportunity at that point to say, 
you know what? Our costs are increasing. This, this is, this is the, the, the cost increase. Um, up to you, obviously, if, if you don't want to just say, to point out the fact that, that because of the tariffs, then you have the option of wrapping it into, um, just you know, rolling it into the, the cost of the actual equipment. Yeah, and can you imagine now, dealers have to look at their contracts and add a tariff clause to their contracts. Yep. I mean, honestly, you'd be crazy not to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a very interesting time. All right, gentlemen, on that note, let's leave it there. Thank you so much for joining us. Mitch, if people want to connect with you, learn more about the Z-Wave Alliance, where can they do that? Send me an email, mitch at zwavealliance.org. That's Z-WaveAlliance. Or you can always tweet at me, at Mitchell underscore Klein, K-L-E-I-N. Excellent. Thank you so much for being here, my friend. Tim, as always, thanks for joining us. If people want to connect with you, learn more about Aviation, where can they do that? Uh, you can tweet at me, at TD, uh, Tim, give it all right on the Twitter. Excellent. Thank and you And I'll so do much. exactly that, Tim. <laughs> I bet you uh, will. You know what, Mitch, not, not for the next week, you won't. <laughs> <laughs> Mitch is a Mitch is a Boston Bruins fan. And Go I'm, Bruins! And by the way, I purposely did not wear the hat or I, the shirt. Just I didn't I, want to offend my friends here, but you know. well, you, at least you, you're not wearing the Stanley Cup one yet. So, <laughs> uh, so. no, yeah. he's going to bring you one of those next week. So. I know. I don't have to wear it. So. All right, gentlemen, thank you again so much for being here. For myself, if you'd like to connect with me, you can find me on Twitter at Matthew Scott and pretty much every other social platform. But more importantly, please stop by avnation.tv where you find this show as well as a wide variety of our other shows with all the verticals that we cover. When you visit the website, please take out a moment to check out our supporters. We ask that you check them out as well because they support us. Thanks again for watching. That's all the time we have for this episode of Resi Week. 